Welcome to the Love on the Go podcast, brought to you by Carolina's Matchmaker. I'm Lori Burzak, and for over 17 years, I've been helping singles find the relationship of their dreams all over the Carolinas. Along the journey, I've met so many amazing professionals and experts from various fields, and I'm excited to introduce them to you. What's my goal? I want to help you look at love and relationships in a new way and to grow in your understanding of how love works. Let's learn together how people have overcome personal obstacles and have found love, first and foremost, with themselves. The ultimate goal is realizing that you are worthy and deserving of love. Let's get started. All right, I'm excited. All right, our guest today is Lauren Courier, and she is a writer, and she has been featured in so many magazines. You've written for Southern Living, Condé Nast, Traveler, Shape, Health, Parents, Axios Charlotte, and many more. Uh, Welcome, Lauren. Thanks, Lori. I'm excited to be here. I am too. So I, you know, I reached out to you. So Lauren wrote an article about Carolina's matchmaker for Axios Charlotte, and it blew up. It was amazing. You, it, it ran January 29th. I think it was somewhere that week, 27th, maybe. And I think I had 150 new profiles as a result of that article. It was phenomenal. So thank you so much for doing that. Of course. And I, and I know you've been sort of in the relationship space for a long time. You wrote an article years and years ago. That's how we first met Mm -hmm. for, um, a woman's magazine back then. Today's Charlotte woman, which does not exist anymore, but yes. And that was a beautiful article. And so then you circled back to me and I was so delighted to, to reconnect. So tell me, so that article was, it was just all about my business and how I worked with people. What was the reaction that you got on your end? You know, I think people hear Carolina's matchmaker and think, oh, she's a matchmaker, period. Mm -hmm. And I think being made aware of your online dating services, people were like, wait, online dating is so draining. If I can bring in a professional, that's amazing. I didn't know that existed. Like we have personal trainers, people do meal delivery services. You Mm -hmm. outsource the things you don't like to do or you're not great at. And, you know, why not outsource finding your spouse? That's like the most important decision you can make in your entire life. It's worth spending a little money on. Totally. Exactly. And you had a lot of experience. So I don't know, are you still doing that blind date series? I just retired. (laughs) It was four years. I loved it, but it was just, you know, I'm, I've been married three and a half years. I'm definitely out of the dating game. I was like, it's time to pass the torch to someone who is more in that scene and more aware of what's going on. But it was a great experience. It was, it was so interesting to just watch how people's minds work and, you know, watch people be willing to set up on a totally blind date. Like that's a big ask, I would think. It is a big ask. And you were doing it for which publication? For Axios. That For was Axios. Axios. Yep. Okay. So people, how did you even get, how did you fit? Cause that was really matchmaking what you were doing. It was. So we have and had and still have a survey monkey database right. and readers can submit their profiles. So there was some, there was thousands, thousands and thousands of people. So I would go through and try to match everybody up and, you know, right. everyone has their different deal breakers and their right. different things they're attracted to. So right. I'm trying to get to know person A and would they be interested in person B and okay, it sounds like they'd be interested on paper, but when they go out, what actually happens, it was, right. it was a roller coaster, but I really enjoyed it. It was fun. Did you have any, ma- any marriages? 
I did not have any marriages. I'm not like you. I <laughs> not claim marriages. I don't even know that I could really claim long-term relationships. So I do okay. think I had a couple that they were together for maybe a year, which okay. I was pretty proud of. Unlike you, I'm not a professional. So I was like, you know, that's not terrible. I'm doing my best here. And it you was did, You did your best. And what I can appreciate about it is this is hard work. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Making matches. Yes. Like and people think it's so much fun. It's like, no, no, right. this is really hard work. What these and, people are looking for. Yes. And I think it's one thing, like I set up a friend and she's now married to my other friend and they have a baby Lovely. and everything, but it's like, I knew the two of them. So I kind mm-hmm. of thought like, okay, she would like him and vice versa. But this was really difficult, difficult. And I'm sure it's what you deal with because you don't know the people personally. You don't have years and years of history. So you're just like, well, hope for the best. <laughs> right. And even when you do have all that history, it still can be yes. even, I think sometimes even harder. So what did what were you most surprised about when you were doing your blind dates? I think I was most surprised that it really comes down to like first impressions and people Mm -hmm. can say, oh, I'm open to any body type. I'm open to any hair color, this sort of a thing. It's really about personality for me. But then they would get there and this person would have all the personality traits they wanted, the hobbies they wanted, (laughs) the adventurous personality. And if they weren't what they pictured in terms of conventional attractiveness, then it probably wasn't going to work, which I don't blame people like we are who we are. We're all human. We're attracted to what we like, but I was still, Oh, I wish we could put that aside a little more. Yeah. So learning. So did you find that the men were more visual or the women or both? I think it was both. I really think it was both. I think the women were more open to giving second chances. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I don't totally know, but we had a fun date. Let's try it again. Where the men seem to be more black and white. And you and I have talked about that. That kind of seems to be a trend. Yeah. And it's funny. I mean, I had always known that men were visual, but I didn't really understand that until I became a matchmaker. And even, it even took me years into matchmaking. I was like, okay, now I get it. Right. Like I really do understand now. And then the hard part for me is, you know, you can see a picture of someone and, you know, they look just like a regular person, you know, just like us, but then you meet them in person and they're so sparkly. And they are Mm -hmm. so interesting and dynamic and, you know, sexy and everything. And they can really pull you in energetically. And so I really try to convince people, even if like at a first glance, they're like, no, not my type. It's like, yeah, but you don't really know. And it's like, I wanted to set up a friend of mine with one of my, um, one of my clients recently. And in my mind, my friend is gorgeous, like I hate the whole a 10 out of 10, but I mean, she really is. She's like an 11. And then I was like about to send her photo to the, my client. And I was like, oh wait, that picture, like, no, she doesn't right. even, she doesn't, that, that's not what I, what, how I see her. Yes. And so that's what I hate about it. That's actually why I like to have these events. Right. Cause and, it's more natural and you can see people out in the wild. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And that energy can really pull you in. And I think it goes the other way because I met my husband online. I did mm-hmm. online dating for years. And there were a lot of times when I would see a guy and be like, oh, he's really hot. Like, this is definitely the type of person I'm looking for. And then yeah. the person and I'd be like, we have no chemistry. You have yep. bad manners. You don't ask any questions. Like in his personality, if he was starting at a 10, he would become a six just based yes. on how he was in real life. And I think that happens a lot. Totally. Do you, have you seen that trend on it definitely was on TikTok. I don't know if it ever made it to Instagram where they're like, he's a 10, but he's, you know, what, what is it? Like he smells. So he's a six or he's, right. you, have you, what, yeah. Like 
and it like, really uh, yeah. pulls people down or he's a yes. two, but he has dinner, you know, with his mom once a week. So he's yes. a 10. I don't know. Um, it's so important to look at core values, but you know, you can't deny attraction. So I think that's cool that you did that. And then you had the margarita confessionals. That was you yes. and a girlfriend just chatting yes. up, dating. Yes. And then I guess you met your husband. And I think it sort of slimmed out after that a little bit. Cause it's yes. like, what are you going to talk about? You know, right. you both well, we were, were dating and right. right. We were both single. And then she met her boyfriend, well, right. husband on Tinder. Yeah. And I met my then boyfriend, now husband on Bumble. So it was like, right. she was th- she was in a relationship and I was still single. We were like, okay, we can make this work. This is good. And then we were both in relationships and we were like, Oh, yeah. I don't know if this is going to work anymore. Time to, again, time to pass the torch to people who are still in that mm-hmm. stage of life. So, yeah, totally. Um, and so at this point, so tell us about your love journey. Cause when I met you, you were in your twenties, it's been a while now and you mm-hmm. were kind of dating. I even, I even matched you up with someone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It wasn't a match, but it was a fun time. A hundred percent. Yeah. So tell, tell me a little bit about kind of what you learned about dating and then ultimately, you know, meeting your husband. So I came to Charlotte with a boyfriend. I had been in a relationship for like five and a half years. We lived together and it was one of those things where we both kind of knew the relationship needed to end, but it's hard, you know, you get that momentum going and it's hard to be like, okay, stop, this is done. So I moved for a job and we were still together trying to do long distance, but Obviously, the relationship needed to come to an end and did. So then now I'm in Charlotte. I'm 25. I've never seen a dating app. I've never been on a dating app. And I was like, I'm going to try Tinder because I had friends on Tinder. So I started with Tinder. And then over the years, Hinge and I tried Match.com and I tried Bumble. And I was single for probably three years. I went on like 60 dates. It was, you know. Wow. I met a lot of people and I really, I would talk to my girlfriends and say, it feels like sales. Like when you're in a Mm. sales job, you have to make a hundred calls to maybe make one or two sales. And that was what it felt like to me. Like every time I would go out with somebody, even if we weren't a match, I felt like I was getting closer. Right. You know, I was kind of narrowing down. This is what I don't want. This is what I do want. And I had a very, my box for what I thought I wanted was this big. And I'm like, he has to be all of these things. And I have this whole idea in my head. Mm-hmm. I know exactly who he's going to be. Mm-hmm. And then I was just striking out. I was not finding what I was looking for. I was meeting nice guys, but not my guy. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to just be more open-minded. And I was swiping more generously. You know, like my husband is Christian. He's from the South. I'm Jewish. Right. I'm from New York. Right. And I think two years before I met him, I would have been like, oh, that would never be a match. But I decided to give different people a chance and I ended up going out with my husband and, you know, on paper, we look totally different, but as we were talking about core values, like who we are and what we value and what we want out of life is completely in sync. And I realized like that matters way more than where you're from or what church you do or don't go to and that kind of a thing. Totally. So I want to hear a little bit about some of the fun, funny funny dates you went on or like, or did you have just, I don't know. Are there any that really stick out? People love to hear these stories. Yeah. So okay. my, my hairdresser is obviously thrilled that I'm married, like loves my husband, Brad, but she's like, I miss your dating stories sometimes. Cause you would just make me laugh for two hours. Like the weird people I met, it was just very strange. I one time went on a date with somebody and 
um, we were at like a bar restaurant and he got up to go to the bathroom and he was gone for like 20 minutes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, is he okay? Like he's having a stomach issue. So I like got up and walked around the restaurant. I didn't see him. I was about to like stop a man and be like, hey, can you just go check in the bathroom? But there was a rooftop and I went up to the rooftop and this is no joke. He was surrounded by like six women no. so he's on a date with me. And I was like, uh, I'm going to go. I, I hope he didn't nice stick you. With, he didn't stick with the bill, stick you with the bill, did he? No, I just left. I was like, I'm going to go. I yeah. mean, like, I don't know what's happening here. And he like felt kind of bad, but not really that bad. So I was like, okay, That's so see you later. Yeah. <laughs> Bye-bye. It was a journey. That's... Yeah. Online dating is a journey. And that's the thing, like, it is so time consuming and you really have to like, force yourself to stay positive and force mm-hmm. yourself to stay committed to it. And I think that's why, cause you and I have talked about like, there's a lot of online dating burnout and I totally understand why, because it's literally like a part-time job and you're just like meeting weird person after weird person. And then maybe you'll meet a good one. And then there's more weirdos and then there's one good one. So it's just like such a roller coaster. Was it that you really couldn't figure out in your texting ahead that they were weird? Or do you think looking back on it, you could have been like, oh, there it is. You know, I would be, pretty picky. Like I would text somebody and be like, okay, just confirming we're seeing you. I'm seeing you tonight at six. And if they Mm -hmm. didn't answer, I'd be like, okay, I'm done. Like, I'm not going to show up to that restaurant or like a guy tried to take things to like, to like a flirty or really sexual place right off the Mm -hmm. bat. I'm like, I'm not interested in that. So I would be discerning, but I also think like I was really trying to be optimistic and not Mm -hmm. shut people down too soon, which I'm glad I did, but it also kind of like let some people sweep through the filters that I should have. Right. You are. It's like, you're such a sweet person. Did you find that men were looking for sex very early on in most of your dating? I I would be really picky when Mm -hmm. I was online. And Mm -hmm. like, as I said, if they weren't really trying to have a good conversation or they Mm -hmm. were like trying to be too weird and sexual, I wouldn't entertain that. So I think that stopped a lot of the people who only wanted hookups. Okay. And I think, you know, you set that boundary, like I'm looking for more of a relationship. I'm not right. really looking to hook up. So I, I think being transparent about that mm-hmm. would eliminate that situation for me. But I do know a lot of friends would run into that if you're not on the lookout for it. Right. Exactly. Um, and it's just, it's so easy to shut it down when you're right. on a date. I mean, I do, I do feel like it's, it trends that people, women do say yes to sex pretty early on in, in their relationship history and their, in their dating, um, certainly before date number five, Mm -hmm. which I think is a mistake personally. I think it's really important if you're dating for relationship and for marriage, I mean, it's fine if you want to date just, just to have sex and have fun and whatever, it's a different story. We're not talking about that. I think it's okay to, to pause and say, you know, we can, we can wait on this. Let's see where this relationship goes and really see is the other person, this is for men and for women. Let's see how we get along without that physical piece in the middle of it for right. at least five good dates when then you can see if it's really going to work out. And um, I say five because I've noticed that after you go out with somebody five times, it normally does turn into a relationship of mm-hmm. six months or more is what I've observed. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying have sex on the, on the fifth date at all. Like I'm kind of like, wait, like wait three months, even just wait until you like really honestly 
see if you could even love them before you even start right. with that. But wait at least five dates so then you know if it's going to turn into something. That's my take on it. But um, and 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 I also feel like you know people, a lot of people if they've been dating for a while, it's like they've been there, done that. So do something different the next time. Right. And I gave that advice to somebody years ago, and she um, she came back to me. She's like, Oh my god, I did what you told me to do. I waited and. And now I'm married and we're going to have a baby. And I don't know. She just said it set a really different tone for the relationship. It does because you have to keep in mind that all these people you're matching with, some of them will want a relationship. Some of them will Mm -hmm. just want to hook up. Some of them Mm -hmm. will want to get married right away. Mm -hmm. Like you've got a bunch of different people in the same pool. Mm -hmm. So you have to be aware of what you want and you have to set the tone that you want because if you hook up right away, that's great. And if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But you also have to be aware that they that may send a different message than the one you're trying to send. Mm -hmm. And I think it's nice to have that foundation where you get to know each other before you take that step. But if you're not looking for that and you don't want to get married right away, then do you. But just be aware that it has a different connotation. Exactly. So you've been on so many dates, Lauren, what were some of the fun dates that you did? I mean, obviously people can go to breweries and go to restaurants, but what do you suggest for like an activity date, something fun? So I went um, to a Charlotte Knights game with a guy mm-hmm. and he caught a home run ball, which was super oh. cool. Obviously you can't control that, but I think a Knights game is really fun because there's an activity. So if mm-hmm. the conversation is a little slow or you're nervous, you can talk and talk about, oh, look at that play. Oh, he struck out that kind of a thing. And you can walk around, get food, get a beer. Mm-hmm. I just, I would get sick of like, let's just get a drink and stare yep. at each other. You know what yep. I mean? And, yep. and sometimes that's fine, but especially yep. if you haven't really been talking to the person a lot and you're not sure if you're really going to get along mm-hmm. an activity, not, not a movie. I think a movie is a mistake, but mm-hmm. some sort of activity, bowling, whatever would be a really good idea. And my husband and I went bowling on, I think our third date and like yeah. everyone looks goofy when you're bowling, the shoes are goofy. Totally. Everyone's terrible at it. So I yeah. think it's very like humanizing and puts you on an equal playing field. So I think yeah. bowling is a good date too. I love that. Um, it's even fun now when I go bowling with my husband, it definitely right. brings out the the child in us. Um, there's also ax throwing. I've sent people um, um, mini golfing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of places in Charlotte that have games and um, arcade games is fun. Just anything that you can tap into that's childlike and, and just feels like fun, top golf, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. I love all those ideas. The whitewater center, even if you don't do the mm-hmm. whitewater rafting, but it's just a pretty place to take a walk, look around. I've had people mm-hmm. go there on blind dates and that's been a hit. Mm-hmm. What about what's the first time with your husband or maybe a boyfriend before where you actually went away for a weekend? Um, so this is an interesting story. My husband and I, we had been out, I think three times and mm-hmm. he's a huge Duke basketball fan. He went to Duke. I'm a huge okay. Syracuse fan. I went to Syracuse yep. and they were both playing in the ACC tournament in New York city. Mm-hmm. And my dad had gotten a suite with some friends and clients. And I just, I knew I liked him and I just threw it out there and I did not expect him to say yes, but I was like, Hey, I know this is really wild, but like, I have tickets to these games. I'm a fan. You're a fan. Like, if you want to go. And he was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, absolutely. And so he flew to New York with me. We had been dating maybe a month. 
met my dad, met all my dad's employees and clients, like totally unfamiliar atmosphere. Um, And I thought that was really special just because like, talk about trial by fire. He was just thrown into it. And, you know, I think how you travel together matters and like seeing that right, right away and early on, that was important, but yeah. I don't know that I would recommend that though. That was kind of a bold move. (laughs) (laughs) That was a bold move. Did you, did you feel when you first met your husband, that first date, was it so different from all the other dates that you'd been on and why? Yes, it was. Um, I keep a journal and I went back and looked and the day after our first date, I was like, this is someone I think I could see myself marrying. And I was not declaring that every other date. Like that was not me. Right. It was just he felt like home and I felt like I had known him for a really long time and I wasn't doing the first date. Like, let me tell embarrassing stories and just word vomit. Like I felt very comfortable mm-hmm. and we shut the restaurant down. We went to dinner and I was very against dinner dates because I had been on many where it's like, it's horrible. And then you're trapped for two hours. Right. I was like, you know what? I'll give it a try. We went to dinner and we were there from like six o'clock to 11 o'clock just talking and having fun. And I didn't feel like I needed to be, anything other than me. And I felt Mm -hmm. like he was bringing his authentic self. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I had been on many dates where I was like bringing the PR version of myself. And this was not that. And I was like, huh, like, I just feel seen and known by him. So interesting. And then of course you felt attracted. Right, right. Exactly. And that's, you know, we, we met off of Bumble and this was the first time seeing each other in person. Like mm-hmm. people can look different on their bubble yeah. profile than they do in real life. So I was, mm-hmm. I was nervous. I was always nervous about that, but I was like, okay, he looks handsome. He's what I was expecting. Like he was not a catfish. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> what you said, it felt like home is what I tell my clients all the time. If you feel so comfortable, it feels like home and you're attracted. That is the magical formula. And it mm-hmm. does not happen most of the time. Mm-hmm. it is very unusual. So you like really tapped in. You're like, yep, that's it. Right. Like I felt like I'd known him a hundred years. It just, mm-hmm. it felt so comfortable, like being with someone, you know, in my family or a close friend, I didn't feel like, oh, I'm on a date. This is so scary, you know? Right. And if people just knew that and just looked for that, it would, it would allow them to really hone in on who could be a good potential partner for them instead of yeah. thinking, well, let me give him another chance. Let me give him another chance or her another chance. You got to feel that. And it's a guttural thing. And if you think about it, how many times you fall in love in a lifetime, it's not right. that many times, right. maybe three, four at the most. Right. And I so, would go out with good guys and my mom, you know, she was getting so frustrated. She knew I wanted to meet someone and she's mm-hmm. like, you're not giving these guys a chance. They look so good on paper. They have a good job. They're kind blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I know, but it just doesn't feel right. And Mm. I was, I was sort of doubting myself. Like maybe I just have commitment issues or I'm being Mm -hmm. too picky, but you know, I kept saying no to these people that like looked great on paper and I'm sure are a great partner to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I didn't try to like force it and be like, Oh, this is how it's supposed to be. Cause when I met the right person, I was like, Oh, this is what I was waiting for. Yeah. I think it was so smart of you to go on all those dates because some people will just skip the dating part, just waiting, 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 waiting till it really looked fabulous. And then they haven't had enough experience dating to really know it's important to have that experience. Um, And then did you talk about marriage pretty early on in your relationship? Yeah, we talked about marriage um, 
not on the, well, maybe on the first date, but yeah, we talked, we definitely talked about like religion and politics on the first Mm -hmm. date, which I know Mm -hmm. some people say you shouldn't do, but Mm -hmm. A, we felt comfortable with each other and B, at the time I was like 28 and I'm like, I'm not going to date somebody for six months and then find out that our values just do not align at all. So we were pretty transparent about all that stuff, wanting to have kids. Mm -hmm. I have endometriosis, which can lead to fertility issues. So I didn't want like, if I was dating somebody and he was like, whoa, I can't handle that. You know, like I want to know that. And I want to know that I'm going to have somebody who sticks with me and and can ride out the tough times. And I was not willing to like fake it for six months and then have Mm -hmm. the rug pulled out from under me. So beautiful. Um, it's interesting. It reminds me of a client I had once who had MS, um, which, you know, there's so many great medical cocktails that you can take nowadays for MS. It's not like it used to be back in the old days where everybody landed in a wheelchair and it was a death sentence. It's not anymore. It's so common now, honestly. And obviously it's a debilitating um, disease, but it can be maintained for many, many years anyway. So she and I had a conversation together about how, how to talk to her boyfriend about the MS. She didn't tell him right away, but it's something like she wanted to see, does it have any kind of long lasting like potential. And then we talked about how to discuss it with him, which, you know, you can use for a lot of different things from, Mm -hmm. you know, um, STDs to, um, you know, any kind of medical issue that you might feel uncomfortable bringing up initially, but obviously, especially with an STD, you know, you need to talk about that before you get intimate, but how do you have those, those, those conversations with someone when, when to do it? Like, when you get to that certain comfort level, um, not too soon and also not too late. Right. Right. So, you know, you can't bring it up on the first date necessarily, but pretty soon after, and then, you know, honestly, the way somebody reacts, how they're going to be in relationship down the line. And if they don't act react well, then they're not your person. Period. Right. And I, I think the same thing would be true if you deal with depression or anxiety, like that mm-hmm. is a part of who you are and you yeah. want to know that the other person can receive that and, and be a safe space for you versus like, oh, I wish you would fix this. It's so annoying when you, your anxiety is bad and that kind of a thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's such a good point. And so many people have anxiety now. It's almost like just the norm. Yeah. I mean, I have anxiety and I was very upfront with my husband about that because like, mm-hmm. I wanted to know that he was going to be patient with me and not get frustrated. Cause like I get frustrated enough with myself. I don't need somebody else making me feel bad. And he's like, so open about it. Totally gets it. Totally gets the triggers. Yeah. And I think that's really important. You know, if you want to have a long lasting love, like I'm not perfect, he's not perfect, but like, let's be honest about it and be accepting and give each other grace. Exactly. I have anxiety too. And it comes and goes, you know, just like everything. I mean, um, and I married a secure man who he just, I don't, he doesn't have anxiety. I'm mm-hmm. like, who are you? Like, how does that even happen? <laughs> right? Like weird, whatever. So um, he calms me down. Like we talk it through, like you have to be able to have a partner and he wants to help me, you right. know, genuinely. And then once we talk it through, I'm like, okay, so we can see is my anxiety based on something real or if it's something made up in my mind or if it, what are the next steps I need to take to get through the anxiety? And most of the time, frankly, it's just that I need to have a real conversation with someone. Mm-hmm. And those conversations are hard to have because it usually you have anxiety based on a situation. Mm-hmm. Um, 
how do you have those? And I guess as I've gotten older, I've been able to have some of those harder conversations and people are usually grateful that we're having that conversation right. at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to have a partner that you can just talk things through with period. Right. And, and that's what we can. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Like nobody's perfect. Everybody's just walking through it, just trying to figure it all out. Um, mm-hmm. So find somebody perfect for you that can handle all of your stuff. Beautiful. Um, this is so fun. I what else? It. I know. Is there anything else? I know we'll wrap up, but is there anything else that we can talk about that you think would be interesting for people to hear about all of your dating? An important thing about online dating is like, there are so many options available to you, which is amazing and exciting. Like my husband and I never would have met in real life, but because there are so many options available to you, I think we're a lot less tolerant of each other and a lot less willing to work through things and talk through things and be open-minded because you can be like, okay, well, I like the Braves and you like the Red Sox. So we're not a match and I'm going to just keep swiping. And it's like mm. things that shouldn't be deal breakers feel like they are because mm-hmm. like, you know, there are so many options and it's like, well, maybe I like you, but maybe someone even better is like two swipes away. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important to appreciate that online dating gives you access to people you might not normally meet but that they're still people and everyone has flaws and you're not going to be totally in sync with someone on every issue, but that doesn't mean that they're not a wonderful person and a great partner. It's just, you got to talk through things. Yes. Ah, I love it. (laughs) I love it. That's great. And, you know, and I help people with that all day long. So, Mm -hmm. um, but it's important for the, for me to also acknowledge how the user is feeling through all of it. So we really, that's where kind of the coaching really, really assists people. Um, this was so much fun. I am grateful that you took the time. And um, I think people are still really enjoying that Axios Charlotte um, article. I'll put it in the link um, on the on the show notes so that people can review it again and read your beautiful writing. Um, and uh, I wish you and your husband all the luck in the world. I love watching you on social media. Do you want to tell people your channels? Yeah. And- yeah. yeah. So I'm at Lauren Courier, C-O-R-R-I-H-E-R on Twitter and Instagram. So you can come say hi. Great. And do you have a special charity that you like to give to? I like to put that in the show. Notes. I like promising pages. I'm a huge reader and I really think reading is such an important part of a kid's life. So I like promising pages or any literacy charity. Um, I think books are so magical and I just want everyone to be able to have access to them. I love that. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lauren. This is awesome. Lauren, have a wonderful rest of your day. And I will speak to you soon. Thank you so much for having me. I loved it. Thanks for listening to Love on the Go. I hope you join us on our next episode. You can make sure to know when it is by following us wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, if you enjoyed it, it'd be great if you left us a review. I'd appreciate it. In the meantime, to learn more about me and how my team can help you, visit carolinasmatchmaker.com. Until next time.